It's top of the hour, Americans, and another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there or behind the lines, this is your song. facing the United States is China. And the communist government in China is a profoundly malign influence. I am also growing increasingly concerned over the last two weeks by a pattern among Biden administration nominees of consistently moving towards and embracing the Chinese Communist Party. I went to Savannah State University at the request of Savannah State, a historical black college that I have had a long-term relationship with uh, to give a speech on Africa and U.S. Uh, and China policy toward Africa. Hear it now. Biograph Company LLC through its affiliated broadcast radio stations and online media platforms worldwide presents a document for ear based on the news and the people who made it. All the voices and sounds you will hear are real and presented as they were spoken in the heat and confusion of a world in crisis. It is broadcast in the hope that the collection of these scraps of sound into a weekly recorded history may add another dimension of the understanding in the difficult days ahead. Hello, America and the world. Less than a fortnight into a Joe Biden administration, over 40 executive orders fly through a socialist influence-occupied Oval Office, our nation's capital, plagued by corruption and military occupation with no end in sight. The canceling of thousands of jobs and unemployment on the rise, the effects of these radical edicts by the socialist far left that eviscerate American citizens of their rights, persecuting targeted Americans for their political views and their freedom of speech, arresting some individuals 
who now are political prisoners. Even a sweeping Nazi-like authoritarian directive laser-focused on millions of Americans. This was suggested by ex-CIA director John Brennan, declaring these millions of American citizens terrorists. These statements by John Brennan are not just inflammatory, but violate the Constitution. Controlled elected officials under communist influence have an agenda to transform America into a third world state, and Marxist tactics from Biden appointees also embrace the Communist Party of China. As just one example this week, Senator Ted Cruz of Texas vets Biden's U.N. nominee Linda Thompson-Greenfield for embracing Chinese Communist, the Communist Party of China. However, these dubious claims were brought out by Senator Cruz. That pattern became even worse this morning in an article that broke in the Washington Post that described a speech you gave just a little over a year ago in October of 2019 to a Confucius Institute. Confucius Institutes are paid for by the Chinese Communist government. We have had repeated problems of espionage and propaganda. That's why the Chinese Communist government funds Confucius Institutes. Congress has passed bipartisan legislation cracking down on Confucius Institutes, legislation I authored that passed Congress with overwhelming bipartisan support. At the same time that the United States Congress and the United States government is acting to combat the spying, the espionage, the propaganda coming from Confucius Institutes run and controlled by the Chinese Communist government, According to the Washington Post, you were apparently going to a Confucius Institute, giving a paid speech, and, and praising China. H how do you reconcile those two? Uh, Senator, thank you for asking that question again. And I have addressed uh, some of these issues uh, earlier on in this hearing. I went to Savannah State University at the request of Savannah State, a historical black college that I have had a long-term relationship with. Uh, to give a speech on Africa and U.S. Uh, and China policy toward Africa. I got a $1,500 honorarium from the university uh, for spending several days engaging with their students, talking to their students about careers in the Foreign Service, talking about uh, issues uh, related to Africa. I expressed to this committee early on my strong and frankly, um, uh, unacceptable uh, uh, what I saw in terms of what uh, the Confucius Institute was doing in Georgia. What you have heard is just an example of the internal and external communist influence on America now and the obvious intent of Joe Biden and his administration. With a Marxism rise within the government, the House and Senate turned into a debacle of nonsensical and irrational accusations. This goes along with the radical claims by socialist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, accusing Senator Ted Cruz of trying to murder her. Ocasio-Cortez not only is a socialist, she also supports and has listed fundraisers for both Marxist movements, Antifa and BLM. Along with her is Kamala Harris, who sits now as vice president. And how did this all begin? You could say it was years ago when Americans quit caring about civic duties or maybe when we became used to our freedoms 
therefore took them for granted. So we take the most recent, the 2020 presidential election, that strange night when as we were covering this in Las Vegas for this program, the entire election came to a halt. Several reasons were given, but none were clear. What was clear is that something was strange and would be something to affect America for years to come. A nefarious election and our voices silenced. More after this. I think he's the greatest president we've ever had. I'm just I'm too emotional. But I really thankful that I've been invited here, so tell me what what makes you emotional about the president? What he's done for the country, all his policy changes, what he's done for black and brown Americans, and um what he's done for Hispanic people in this uh, I'm trying to think. I like the way he talks. Period. You know? He's not scared of anything. Trump does not lie. I'll tell you that much, man. He says, that's what I said. I must stick to it. Whether you like it or not, I'm staying there. Best thing about the event is the positivity. You know, it's, it's not about the past. It's not about racism. It's not about slavery. It's about how things are going so well right now. That's the best thing about it. Trump has done so many fantastic things, not only for, you know, what you think the white people or the rich people, but for the black people, for the Asian people, for the Latino people, for everyone. There is a growing danger that threatens every blessing our ancestors fought so hard for, struggled, they bled to secure. Our nation is witnessing a merciless campaign to wipe out our history, defame our heroes, erase our values, and indoctrinate our children. Angry mobs are trying to tear down statues of our founders to face our most sacred memorials and unleash a wave of violent crime in our cities. Many of these people have no idea why they're doing this, but some know exactly what they are doing. We are the nation that gave rise to the Wright brothers, Clara Barton, Jesse Owens, George Patton, General George Patton. They think the American people are weak and soft and submissive. But no, the American people are strong and proud, and they will not allow our country and all of its values, history, and culture to be taken from them. They want to silence us, but we will not be silenced. We stand tall, we stand proud, and we only kneel to Almighty God. It is time for our politicians to summon the bravery and determination of our American ancestors. It is time to plant our flag and to protect the greatest of this nation. We're citizens of every race, in every city, and every part of this glorious land. Make no mistake, this left-wing cultural revolution is designed to overthrow the American Revolution. In so doing, they would destroy the very civilization that rescued billions from poverty, disease, violence, and hunger, and that lifted humanity new heights of achievement, discovery, and progress. To make this possible, they are determined to tear down every statue, symbol, and memory of our national heritage. America's destiny is in our sights. America's heroes are embedded in our hearts. America's future is in our hands and ladies and gentlemen the best is yet to come
The most hotly contested part of this ongoing election dilemma came from Arizona, where officials denied members of the state legislature their duties to investigate a most unusual vote count. Nothing like this had ever happened in America's long history. Representative Mark Fincham is a state legislature of the 11th District in Arizona and has gone in-depth into this situation. Let me give you a little bit of a history lesson. November 30th, we held a um, election integrity hearing, which was more for the public right. uh, than it was for the legislature, although we had nine legislators, four uh, from the Senate and um, five from the House, uh, who wanted to give a venue to their constituents so that they could observe the case, the case for fraud, the case for uh, election right. integrity or a lack of election integrity. And we ended up taking nearly 11 hours of testimony. Wow. Um, everything from affidavits to uh, some of the most respected people in the country, which right. is interesting because then the the media wants to, if you don't like the message, you go after the messenger. Exactly. Which I find ag- absolutely despicable. That's Saul Alinsky. And oh, exactly. That has... That has penetrated what used to be uh, a news media, which is now nothing more than a sycophant uh, for a certain party and a, a certain agenda. In fact, exactly. I wouldn't even say a party. It's more for an agenda. It's an agenda. Um, so yeah. during that hearing, we heard from Colonel Phil Waldron, uh, a cybersecurity expert who was able to show us clear and convincing evidence uh, that data was leaving the United States, going to other countries, and then returning Um, He was able to compare our election results with some of the other elections around the country. Um, It suggested that here are the places where fraud would probably reside. Now, of course, we would have to have a forensic audit to confirm that. Um, Then we had Dr. Shiva, um, and I can't even pronounce his last name, uh, but he not only provided proof positive evidence that um, the anomalies that we saw in voter performance um, just were inexplainable. He actually produced a mathematical model that shows this is exactly where you need to look if you have the opportunity, um, just so that you can um, confirm what it is we're telling you. So we had mathematical right. models. We had a, a whole bunch of other evidence um, that just uh, did more than suggest. I mean, we started with reasonable suspicion. Um, we moved into probable cause. And by the end of the day, we had clear and convincing evidence um, that our election lacked integrity, at least in the Maricopa County uh, election. Now, from there, uh, I think a number of legislators were very, uh, they were stymied. They, they, They didn't quite know what to do because we had uncovered things that they just didn't think were possible. So it took a little while, but the, uh, the Senate, because we have two different chambers, the Senate took up uh, the question of Maricopa County. Um, and I, in my view, uh, Senator Eddie Farnsworth and Karen Fan, the president of the Senate, um, heroes, American patriots. Right. Uh, they took up a hearing specifically aimed at the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and the Maricopa Elections Department and, and how that election functioned. And during the hearing, it was interesting to hear the county supervisor say, well, you know, we've been protecting the evidence um, and we want transparency and we want to make sure that we have a free and fair election. Yet at the end of the hearing, when uh, the chairman of judiciary, Senator Farnsworth, said, well, I'm glad you want the same thing we do because we're going to issue subpoenas. We're going to issue a subpoena for the equipment and we're going to issue a subpoena for the ballot images. And that's when we took a, what I will call a left turn towards an agenda and the board of supervisors lawyered up and did everything possible to interfere with, to obstruct, to resist compliance with the, with these subpoenas, every, now, including going to court. Now, here's now one of my is, questions. I'm going to interrupt just for a second, Mark. Sure. Why would they do that? This is the 
elephant in the room. If everything is legitimate, why in the heck would they do something like that? It's just... I'm going to apply the reasonable man standard here. Um, because it's a government agency or a, 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 a governing body, it doesn't have the same protections of the Fifth Amendment. Correct. Against, against self-incrimination. Now, the supervisors, I suppose, if they want to take the Fifth and they want to interfere with uh, the legislature doing its job. By the way, the county is a political subdivision of the state. The only reason they exist is because the state says they exist. Of course. So for them to challenge the state Senate and say, you don't have the authority to look at our ballots, that is patently absurd. It is. And it is. So... Um, they have have resisted, resisted, resisted. Well, just this last week, they decided that they wanted to engage in their their own audit by two different companies. By the way, both of those companies are the very same companies that certified their equipment in the first place. That's uh, not an audit, uh, okay? So right. this is this is true. And, and what we've ordered, what this well, I shouldn't say we. The Senate has ordered is something called a forensic audit. A forensic audit goes deep and broad and looks at every component of the election, okay? Exactly. So it's it's kind of the difference between going into the dentist and making sure that you have all your teeth and a root canal with a crown. Right. Okay? Exactly, exactly. So that's, that's where we're at right now. They're going through this dog and pony show. In fact, we've actually got them on video. I don't know if they're aware of this or not, but their live video feed is still running in the voting center. <laughs> Right. So the, right the folks there. at Project Veritas have been watching them open machines. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, okay. Open machines, run ballots through the machines, basically do everything that um, you probably wouldn't want to do if you were trying to examine the current status of a, of a machine. <laughs> Unbelievable. This isn't about party. This isn't about politics. Exactly. This is about trans transparency exactly. and a free and fair election. Exactly. Now, if doing the forensic audit, we found find out that there is absolutely no fraud here, that will, A, provide transparency, right. and B, provide people with a sense of security that they did have a free and fair election. Exactly. The question then becomes answered. We no longer have a case in controversy. However, exactly. without transparency and without a forensic audit, that will never happen. Right. People instinctively know when something's wrong. Yes. When something doesn't add up. Yes. And for the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, all five of them, to stand by, oh, we had a free and fair election. You have, you're going to have to believe us because we say so. Exactly. It's wrong. Um, Absolutely. Your say so is, is not worth squat right now. It's irrelevant. That's relevant. That's exactly right. We're after free and fair elections through transparency. Nothing more, nothing less. Many people would would put the moniker on me that I'm a hard right um, conservative. No, actually, I'm a hard cons uh, liberal, uh, classical liberal. Exactly. Yes, you are. Yeah. Um, so I think that the the term conservative now applies more to the establishment crowd because they want to conserve power for the elites. Exactly. And they want to rob power from the people who actually, uh, they're the ones who are giving their consent for being governed. Exactly. Let's, let's not forget that. Exactly. So yeah, I'm under attack. I am Conor McGregor, multiple weight MMA champion. I'm a fighter and I've been through many battles in the octagon. Many consider my fights in the octagon heroic, but the real life heroes are those men and women who fight to protect us every day. The real life fighters, the real life heroes, are the firefighters and police officers. These first responders are true heroes because these brave men and women put themselves in the line of danger every single day protecting us all. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation ensures that first responders from fire EMS and police departments who are killed in the line of duty with young children have a home without the burden of a mortgage. They are my heroes. They need our help today. I'd like to ask you to join me in donating $11 a month to support their efforts. Your $11 a month honors and supports our first responders. Please call now at 1-844-BRAVEST or visit tunneltotowers.org.
These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA, America's wireless companies, and the National Safety Council. Every day we take steps to keep the people we love safe. But some health risks are easy to miss. Ticks hiding in the yard can spread germs that can cause Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Mice searching for sources of food can spread bacteria and disease. Mosquitoes breed in standing water and can transmit illnesses like West Nile virus and Zika virus. Cockroaches are drawn to water in the home and can leave behind allergens that trigger asthma attacks. Stinging insects attack in defense of their nests and send more than half a million people to the emergency room every year. Household pests are a threat to our health. Learn what you can do to protect your family at pestworld.org. Hearts have always been a symbol of love and of life. But if the heart valves inside us don't work properly, people can feel tired, out of breath, and weak. Many mistake these signs of heart valve disease simply as symptoms of growing older. But the truth is, heart valve disease affects 11 million Americans and, if left untreated, can lead to death. The good news is that if heart valve disease is treated, patients can recover and live long, happy, and productive lives. But in order to treat heart valve disease, you need to know if you have it. If you or your loved ones are over the age of 65 and are experiencing symptoms like shortness of breath, dizziness, or fatigue, it's time to have your doctor listen to your heart. And if you've been diagnosed with heart valve disease, follow up with your doctor to discuss new treatment options that may be available. A message sponsored by Heart Valve Voice U.S. For more information about the symptoms and treatments for valve disease, go to heartvalvevoice-us.org. I, th I think the most important thing for us to realize right now is that while the Democrats are talking about unity, they actually mean that they want submission. They want you to surrender your oh, yeah. thoughts, your ideas, your voice. And that's why I keep coming back to the idea that we're focused on election integrity. Now, of course, the Dems want to say, oh, go away. There's nothing here to see. You know what? If the shoe was on the other foot, they would be in the streets burning cars. Oh, That's absolutely. That's how they roll. Absolutely. That's how they roll. Absolutely. So I think it's a credit to um, the the classic liberals, the conservative folks that are out there, the, right. uh, quite frankly, the, the uh, populist movement, which has sprung up and which is gaining momentum at just an incredible pace. We have reasonable, well, actually, we have probable cause at this point to believe that we've got, at minimum, about 160,000 ballots um, that were likely fictitious. Now, of course, we need to look at the ballot right. copies, and we need, you know, that's what the forensic audit's for. That's what the okay? audit's for. But you've, you've touched on something that's very important, and you're, you're right. I was elected by my constituents exactly. to, to do to do the business of protecting their sovereign right to vote. You're an officer, yeah. Life, <laughs> officer, yeah. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. That's it. That's my job, and I take right. my oath of office very seriously. Yes. Now uh, there are Democrat colleagues who want to vilify me. They want to say, "Oh, there's nothing to see here. You're making all this up." It's like, well. Okay, then prove it, which kind of comes back to your your original question about the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Exactly. What is it you have to hide that is so awful yes. that you are willing to die on this hill and prevent the Senate from doing something that they are well within their authority to, to perform, and that is a forensic audit. They've done everything in their power to interfere with that. Now, this is... Again, this is not about necessarily this election. So right. let's go into the policy side of this question. If we are able to get the forensic, or I'm sorry, when we are able to get the forensic audit done, we will have learnings from that to determine whether or not we have a process that needs to be repaired, or is it totally broken, or is it running just fine? 
Because the reason that's important is if it needs repair, that's where we have to do um, public policy questions. That's where we have to come in and determine in, in, in law, what do we need to change? What do we need to do about that? Right. We already know about the two organizations that the Maricopa County Board has, has employed. And you know, for an $8,000 audit, basically that is to see if the on and off switch turns on and off and whether or not, you know, it's kind of like making sure the remote control on a TV set works. Um, what disturbs me is the video that we're seeing out coming out. Uh, some of the Project Veritas people have been watching uh, real time on a video feed in the voting center. Uh, these people crawling all over these machines, opening them up, using jump drives to do whatever they're going to do. Uh, these two organizations, the very same organizations that certified the Dominion machines in the first place. Uh, now, on our side of the fence, uh, the organization that the Senate is hiring, I have been given to understand that we're talking about an, an audit that is on the order of about $180,000. So that's what I meant when you have an oral exam versus a root canal. There's two very different examinations. Uh, what the county is engaged in is not a forensic audit, even though they might want to call it that, which once again goes back to what do you guys have to hide? Why are you so resistant to doing a, a full forensic audit? Now, what we expect to find uh, and what the the evidence that we've seen thus far would expect us to find or would lead us to believe we will find uh, is something similar to Antrim County. And that is where votes were moved, uh, where there's right. all kinds of other uh, nefarious activity that's going on within the software or that was facilitated by features of the software where somebody could, uh, through electronic adjudication, for example, just move that votes from one place to another. Um, as far as nefarious connections and, and favoritism, uh, I, I don't know if you're asking, could there be bribery involved? Uh, I don't know. That is something that I would refer to a grand jury. Uh, we're not really in the, in the business of doing investigations. We're not really gotcha. equipped to do that. Um, but certainly uh, a state grand jury convened by the attorney general's office. That's one of the things that I would be pushing for uh, because I think that there's much more to this than just uh, software. There's much more to this than, you know, 8,000 dead people voting. Um, there's, there's a lot more to this than just some of these happenstances. There was facilitation. The other thing that I think is very interesting is that we've got four counties in Arizona that all used uh, electronic counting. Now, there's two things. There's tabulation, which is just the counting of dots on a piece of paper, and then there's calculation. My friends, the crisis that I am seeing today here in the Ukraine and in other parts of the former Soviet Union is very different from what it's been in the past 20 years. The situation has gotten much, much worse. In fact, I would call it catastrophic. Elderly are getting older. Holocaust survivors are dying every day. These people are alone. These people feel abandoned, and they are. Anna's another one of the Holocaust survivors here in the outskirts, so far in the regions of the Ukraine. The fact of the matter is, Anna lives on three potatoes. Anna hasn't gotten out of the house to get water. Do you see that? That's her bed. This 85-year-old woman having to sleep on top of the stove in order to get the warmth. And so the needs of the elderly here in the former Soviet Union are all the same. Food, medicine, heating fuel, and water. I want you to see the face, to see the eyes of these people. Don't wait for tomorrow to help when the help is needed right now. Tomorrow, my friends, may be too late.
Hearts have always been a symbol of love and of life. But if the heart valves inside us don't work properly, people can feel tired, out of breath, and weak. Many mistake these signs of heart valve disease simply as symptoms of growing older. But the truth is, heart valve disease affects 11 million Americans and, if left untreated, can lead to death. The good news is that if heart valve disease is treated, patients can recover and live long, happy, and productive lives. But in order to treat heart valve disease, you need to know if you have it. If you or your loved ones are over the age of 65 and are experiencing symptoms like shortness of breath, dizziness, or fatigue, it's time to have your doctor listen to your heart. And if you've been diagnosed with heart valve disease, follow up with your doctor to discuss new treatment options that may be available. A message sponsored by Heart Valve Voice U.S. For more information about the symptoms and treatments for valve disease, go to heartvalvevoice-us.org. This is our contract with our military. That when you go to serve your country, when you give your kids a kiss goodbye and you do not come home, we are going to give them a mortgage-free home. There are over 7,000 service members who were killed protecting our country since 9-11. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is now delivering mortgage-free homes to those Gold Star families. I am Nancy Gass, the wife of Staff Sergeant Jerry Gass, Jr. My husband was 33 when he died in the line of duty in Afghanistan. The day those two officers arrived at my door was the worst day of my life. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is now delivering mortgage-free homes to over 1,000 Gold Star families with young children who are waiting for a home. I'd like to ask you to contribute $11 a month to support their effort. Please call 1-844-BRAVEST or go to tunneltotowers.org. Have you forgotten? If calculation was at work, that would explain why we have fractional voting. That means a, right. a vote that counted as 1.12 votes or 0.98 votes. Well, the only reason you would have that is to reallocate a piece of a vote to somebody else. Okay, that's illegal. That violates the longstanding doctrine of one person, one vote that was set right. by the Warren Court back in the 1960s. Uh, and frankly, that's a violation of civil rights. Um, now, when we, when we start looking at some of the other things that are going on, um, four counties having the exact same uh, statistical anomaly where the, the other 11 counties didn't, okay, that's worth taking a look at. And then you take a look at, at the more um, planetary picture. You've got seven battleground states that all seem to have the same kinds of problems. Um, now we've got a situation where we've got to ask the question, and this is where the, the public has, has demanded action in the way of in investigation. We want to know, was there some level of collusion between secretaries of state, between governors, between elections officials, between software engineers? We don't have the answers to those questions. And with the Biden administration, I'm pretty sure that we will never see a federal grand jury over this. Um, if we if we did, I suspect we would probably see the biggest RICO investigation in the history of this country, because I believe that racketeering is indeed uh, at, at work here. That's the only way that you could have that level of coordination. The RICO investigation generally takes a very long time. Um, that's a racketeering investigation that... Uh, I don't remember exactly how long it took Rudy Giuliani to take out the mafia uh, crime families in New York. But I, I, as I recall, that was an eight, nine, 10 year investigation. So going back to your original question of the uh, statute of limitations, right. I, I don't know, perhaps you could go into a RICO investigation. Now, of course, there would be accusations of a political witch hunt and all that, but I think at the end of the day, the American people, uh, more than 50% of the American people know who they voted for, and they are going to be tolerant of a, uh, a grand jury that exposes and answers the question, quite frankly, of whether or not we have a two-tiered justice system in this nation. Do we have one tier for the political elites and another tier for the rest of us, or do we really have uh, a republic that cares not 
about your your political stand, your your level of standing uh, in in the nation that uh, the poor have just as much say as the rich. How soon can it all come about bringing the fraud votes, et cetera? Not quite sure how long it will take for the forensic audit. I think that's what you're speaking to. Yes. Um, it's likely, I would expect that to be a 10 day uh, audit. And then you probably are going to have another five to 10 days for generation of the report. Um, I would like this to be comprehensive and well done as opposed to rushed. Um, if we rush this through, we're going to miss something. And again, going back to my original thesis on this, this is more about ensuring transparency and reliability for the future. This is about establishing good public policy to see to it that we never have to face these questions again, that we lock this thing down so that fraud becomes an, uh, a, a minuscule possibility. And with what we've got right now, it, it appears to be pervasive. Right. Well, again, that goes back to uh, the question of what the timeline looks like next week uh, if we ultimately have to arrest the supervisors. Um, the audit could start immediately. So you're saying that these officials could be arrested? It's my hope that they will stand down and get out of the way. Uh, because now we're at a point where more and more people are going to be calling for a grand jury investigation. And that ruins people's lives. We don't want to ruin people's lives. In fact, we don't really want to arrest the, the supervisors. I'm, I'm stunned that they are forcing the Senate to go this far right. in order to gain access to what we are entitled to get, have access to in the first place. It actually could come to that where they would be arrested or detained, correct? Yeah, exactly correct. Now, to my knowledge and to the knowledge of most of the historians in the state of Arizona, mm -hmm. the Senate has never issued such a subpoena. Exactly. Nor, nor has the Senate ever had to direct the sergeant at arms to go arrest a citizen. That has never happened in our state. And I think that the, the supervisors need to contemplate the gravity of what is going on here. Right. That it's, that it's that bad. One of the other things too, Mark, and I know you got to get going here quickly, but would you say that if it does go that far, would this open up or help the other states and their legislatures do what you are doing? Will it will oh, it I set a precedent? I, yeah, I think so. Um, and you know, it's the the term is that Arizona seems to be the key that picks the lock. Right. Uh, I think that if if we go to the mat over this, you will see other state legislatures look at us and say, "Holy cow." Maybe we should be doing our job this way. Exactly. Um, I'm I'm stunned to see that the, for example, the Georgia legislature has allowed their Secretary of State to do what he's done. Right. That that I don't know about their statutes, but on their face, it appears that the guy is a rogue criminal. Yeah. Now that's a that's a far statement, but. To see some of the stuff that he is permitted to have happen. Oh, it's unbelievable. He's complicit in voter fraud. Unbelievable. Now, we see the same thing in, in Pennsylvania. Now, one of the things that really disturbs me a lot is we've got a federal judiciary, and I'm, I'm a big separation of powers thing. Right. Quite frankly, I think in many cases, the court made the right call. Now, I'm going to be an unpopular guy for saying that, but the court said, look, this is a political matter. We don't have any business in this. Right. But here's part of the problem. Before the election, you had Obama appointees who did get involved in the election exactly. because they forced ad additional voter registration. So we had people voting after the state statutes set by the legislative branch had expired. Right. So in Arizona, we have roughly 35,000 additional voters who were registered after the voter uh, deadline, voter registration deadline. Why? Because a federal court judge said, oh, well, you need to have two more weeks of registration because of COVID. Hey, newsflash there, judge. 
<laughs> COVID was around for nearly a year. Hi, I'm Caleb, and this is my story. I was born with osteogenesis imperfecta, or brittle bone disease. I have broken my bones almost 200 times, and I have had 11 surgeries. But I didn't let that stop me. I love to bike ride, climb, race, and I'm learning how to stand and walk. But I can only do all of this because of generous people like you and Shriners Hospitals for Children. Because of people like you, Shriners Hospitals for Children has helped more than 1.3 million kids just like me, regardless of their family's ability to pay. Shriners Hospitals for Children is only able to provide this world-class, life-changing medical care because of the generous gifts of people just like you. Because of you, I can ride my bike. I can play basketball. Because of people like you, I can run. I can smile. Will you send your love to the rescue today? When you go to loveshriners.org right now and give just 63 cents a day, you're helping kids just like me. Like me. Like me. When you give today, we'll send you this adorable Love to the Rescue blanket as a thank you and a reminder of the love you gave to a kid just like me. Your gift, no matter how small, can help a child today. This is your moment to make a difference. When you pick up your phone, you know you have it right there and call to give. You're helping kids like me. Thank you. Thank you. Gracias. Thank you. Please call or go online now. If operators are busy, please call again or give right away at loveshriners.org. Your gift makes a difference. Thank you for giving. Most of us want to make some type of difference in the lives of others. St. Jude does miraculous work. The fact that no one has to pay, it's a place where everyone is treated as an equal. Everybody is welcome here, and it doesn't matter, you know, your religion or, you know, what part of the world you're from, that just sort of all that is taken away. It just gives you some hope. Yo siento que... Soy parte de, de esa bendición que ese niño recibió al irse a su casa ya sanado. It's just a nice feeling to put your energy into something that really does genuinely make a difference in a child's life. There's just no greater gift. If we have the ability to help, then we have a responsibility to help. This is far from over. Now we see what unfolds. Will there be arrests of officials for these nefarious acts? It's only the beginning. Now all we do is wait. In the most contentious and unusual election in American history, the only thing that we have to say is America will survive. Yes, and we will too. Remember always that America is the shining light of freedom for the entire world. And yes, it will shine once again.
You have been listening to Hear It Now, a document for ear of the week's news. All the sounds and voices were real and were recorded as they were in the heat and confusion of a world in crisis. Hear It Now is edited and produced by Thomas R. Bond, associate producers Frank B. Marks and Lisa M. Bond. It is heard and broadcast online on KTOX 1340 AM and 104.1 FM Needles, California, and heard on online platforms worldwide. Theme music composed and recorded by Alessandro Sanini.